0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. This week we're talking about the fact that it's the end of the VFX world. <laughs> yeah.
1: 2013. The minds were right for uh. for, two, for 200 people.
2: Does <laughs> anybody else consider it ironic that a giant asteroid came by in the process? And missed. And missed. And missed, <laughs> and
3: missed but then 200 years I think Rhythm, later.
1: And, Rhythm and Hughes was hoping. They're like, oh, the
2: asteroid, yeah, come please. on, so man.
0: need
3: plates? Yeah. Let this happen, then we don't have to do our bankruptcy hearing.
0: Anyway, four yeah. friends in your head this week. Myself, as always, T. Christy, Brian, William Penifter. Greetings. Michael Darkman Scott. Hello. And Trey the Amazing Stoop. Hey. So here's the deal. A lot of our listeners are VFX folks. Uh, I'm sure we even have some RNH <laughs> listeners. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, and some, and a lot of our listeners aren't. So the VFX <laughs> folks are all worried about the industry collapsing. Not, to be fair, the VFX industry has been collapsing for 15 years. So it's sort it's of a slow. it it started. It's like that car crash in Inception. Yeah. It's just that now the van is upside down and people are starting to get worried about it. Uh, and They've um,
2: realized, wait, maybe this is going to keep going. <laughs> We're about like, to hit the water. The and weightless <laughs> zero-g fight. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> In addition to Did sort of explaining
0: what's going on for non VFX folks, we also were just sort of, you know, I guess it's time to espouse our opinions as being all industry post people and mostly visual effects artists here, uh, what, what the deal is. Uh, the short version of the VFX industry is that it's one of the few or only um, uh, major industry facets of Hollywood that isn't unionized or, or, you know, doesn't have any sort of a trade union or anything guarding it. Like if you're a grip, you have a union. If you're an actor, you have a union. if you're. I see, say. Yeah, if you're an animator, there's an animation guild which I know, was which part trying, members to get, of. yeah, that's uh, been up, and all these, but there's actually not one for visual effects yet, which has led, you know, predictably to this massive unregulated industry that is like hyper capitalist and um, everyone underbidding each other and artists taking really, really shitty agreements just to get work. There's yeah, a free market for you, people, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, and it's starting to fall apart. And in the last few years, major visual effects companies have started going under or having to close or filing for chapter 11 because they can't afford to exist in the industry anymore uh major studios are underbidding each other and then everyone's just going broke slowly while we're delivering better and better shots faster and faster at higher and higher fucking frame rates and uh it's 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 a bad thing and people have been a little bit panicky about it for a while and it only got worse this past week when rhythm and hughes who is currently standing a fairly good shot of it about to win the visual effects oscar filed for chapter 11 because they can't afford to pay for their own existence right now, uh, and that's just one in a long litany of major, really talented visual effects companies going under because they can't afford to exist anymore.
1: Well, that's really only the second major one. If we're talking about like not not to say anything about their level of quality or ability or anything like that, but there that's. That's the second one that's like a name that you would really recognize if you weren't necessarily deep in the visual effects industry because the there one? were a number of digital, the other ones digital, digital domain. Um mm. I mean we've lost a lot of them we've, we've lost Cafe a lot of good and asylum ones. And and, and the, foundation. Uh, uh, the the orphanage and, and yeah. all these other ones. Um but but <laughs> Rhythm and Hughes is getting so much attention because it's Almost, it's almost like saying ILM just filed yeah, for Chapter. It's a major 11, you know? name. It's, they've it's, been
3: it's, around for they've been around for twenty five some years. They've always been fairly stable. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, rhythm and Hughes was a contemporary of ours. There was yeah. you know, back when we were doing I was at De Orman twenty five years ago. There was us. There was rhythm and Hughes. There was Pixar. Was kind of doing a couple things, and then there was a bunch of companies that you haven't heard of because they're long gone. Mm-hmm. Um, rhythm and Hughes has got the oldest pedigree of of and they've continually been fairly stable. They've had some ups and downs, but they've been consistent for twenty five years. And they were founded as a computer graphics house. They weren't even a company that transitioned out of traditional visual effects. They were founded on computer graphics. So it's kind of it's kind of like you know we we thought they would never you know oh my god you know it's, right it's, they're it's, old money it's it's yeah it's you know. Shearson Lehman can't go out of business. They're yeah. one of the most respected companies there is. Well, welcome to the new world. I was right. going to say
2: this feels like the, which which came first, Bear Stearns or Lehman, or which came? Did second. you say the Berenstains? Like the Bear 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 Stearns. which came first, Bear Stearns or Lehman? I don't know. I, figured, I, I think it, they were
3: rapid succession. Which think yeah. one came, think, second, it, is, it feels it's, like, it's like, like, like it
2: feels like that same pairing. I think Lehman was the main, second one. Yeah. Okay, so,
3: so, so it's like Really Hughes has been around so long and has been so consistent, and so many. I've worked there many times. You know, it's it's you know, it's like Citibank can't go out of business i mean right. you know that's not possible well,
2: it feels like it feels like a similar situation to that where when bear stearns went out of when that happens like okay this is scary but this is an aberration this is uh, a yeah. one time only this is a a freak wild card thing and then lehman goes out of business and then you really then you really know They're like certainty. oh shit yeah. there's a pattern something yeah. is happening this is here. the dominoes digital domain going. everybody yeah. i think was hoping Well, that's because they just screwed up, you know. Yeah, at least people who didn't already know. That's because
1: John Texter was
2: a lunatic. Yeah, but uh, now with Rhythm and Hughes, it seems like this is Rhythm and Hughes is you know
3: still still run by John Hughes and Pauline So. I think are the two, and you know they've been running it since day one. They're they're well respected. They know their stuff. You know, they just the industry jacked them, yeah, Yeah. and uh, they couldn't keep going.
0: So. This happened—there's been conversations about a VFX union forever, and there was another major one of these like yeah, three years which ago. Would have, which
3: would have killed the industry much earlier, so right. we would have, would have had that out of the way. We'll get there in a second. But yeah. there's one of these—this happened a few
0: years ago. Uh, it started when— Another round of major companies were closing, and a guy named Lee Stranahan wrote this thing called an open letter to James Cameron.
1: Basically, Avatar was the thing. Yeah,
0: employing him, well, imploring him to, hey Jim, you're the you're the only guy in the world aside from Lucas who's we don't know what he's doing, but we think he's playing with a ball of string. Got the clout to, you know get up on stage somewhere and say something and have the world change around you. Could you please do that? To which he never responded because it was just, you know, Lee on the internet writing a thing. But it got shared around a lot and then the VES had a few panels about whether or not they should do a union thing, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's been a lot of talk and no action for a long time, possibly because a no action would ever help more likely because b there's no way to herd cats and the visual effects industry is a bunch of people that don't care about each other anyway and it might have to get so bad before anyone will do anything but that's sort of the that's the superficial dusting of what the landscape is and all the while more and more shops are closing how do you guys feel about the idea of any sort of a union for something as varied as um visual effects
3: there's no there's no problem with that but you know then then that would mean you know avatar wouldn't have cost 200 million it would have cost 300 million um and who wants to fund that Why would it have cost
0: more
1: with the union? Or they they can't... I mean, the other option is they, the studios are going to have to live with you know not setting a release date before they have a script and <laughs> you know plan it to be like okay, this movie is not going to take four months. We're going to have to take two
3: years and have people working forty hours a week instead of one hundred and twenty. I would, I would hope we'd, we've t- we've talked about the death of the blockbuster many times. I would hope that's what this means, or at least a downsizing of the blockbuster as a as a thing, the tentpole, right? You know, yeah, we've well, we decried that because that's what you know. That's that's we've seen. This is the first one of the. One of the things that makes the Rhythm and Hues situation notable is companies have gone out of business, but usually once they deliver a project, Rhythm and Hues literally just defaulted on ongoing projects right now. Going, right. whoops, can't finish these. So the studios are kind of like, wait, what? they a, a there's cup, scrambling.
1: A couple of studios, well, a couple of studios. I think Warner Brothers apparently pulled their stuff, but the other studios were like, oh, and actually, and they have even gave forwarded, some forwarded, you know, loaned them some money. Yeah, they gave to some emergency like, no, no, finish,
3: cash. Finish. Yeah, you know, okay, okay, here you oh, go, wow. here you go for
1: payroll. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So, and here's and there's. Million. Well, you
3: know, Rhythm and rhythm is not closed. They have like 700 employees. They laid off 200, and they're not currently... Paying the others, but they're still right. trying to keep going. Um, and they're filing filing for Chapter Eleven to try and stay in business. They're not, you know, disappearing. But
0: one of the laid off a- employees ended up filing a lawsuit against them for unpaid wages and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, which will, that'll happen, you know, mm-hmm. but that'll happen in any industry. Um,
0: anyway, so what 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 does this all mean? Does this mean that things need to change on the visual effects side of things? Does it mean that things need to change on the studio side of things that are trying to pay these people? Does this mean that we have to have an overall change in how we handle shit so that we are not underbidding each other? Because that seems like what a union or you know at least some sort
3: of a trade
0: body would do
1: yeah a trade org is yeah. what what we need
0: do you guys think of- there should be one i don't know how y'all feel about this there, there's
3: there's there's many many this is a you know a, a very large thing with very many moving parts so there's not one single solution to to any of it um the 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 bottom line right now is um and it's interesting because a couple of years ago this wasn't necessarily the case but the, the as jenny fully um if you follow her on twitter jenny fully has been around since day one she knows her stuff and uh you know she says well for one thing it's a it's a buyer's market in visual effects right now we have these large 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 companies um and we've talked about in recent episodes how overseas companies have blossomed like you know double negative used to be didn't that used to be three guys in a garage and now they're a big house and mm-hmm. you know and and some overseas companies have also closed but some have really risen of prominence. You've got Weta now, you know, which is and and any company that's, that was
1: three guys in a group. exactly,
3: and any, and also there are companies that are safer than others because they have deep-pocketed grandparents. You know, Sony, Sony Image is okay because they're owned by Sony the studio. You know, they're they're going to have to really be in trouble before they can get you know. ILM has. Disney now some some deep pockets, you know. ILM has you know even deeper pockets now. What they'll do with it, but Disney has bought and closed effects tech companies before. They they got they got a DreamQuest, so (laughs) which was one of the major houses. This is actually, by the way, this is a very similar shakeup. I remember 20 years ago when we were like, "Oh no, Boss Film closed, and DreamQuest is gone, and you know, an Apogee is closing, and all the all the practical houses right. died, and were killed by computer graphics." Well, this is just this is a very similar thing. Yeah, but, but,
1: but we're, we don't have a new technology killing exactly. It's not a new technology; the, the, it's just bad
3: business in general. Yeah. But but the issue, one of the the main issue, uh, or not the main issue, but a a one of the many components of the issue, um, is that there are lots of big companies. Now they have facilities and huge overhead and staff and they need a job because otherwise you know they need cash flow um so there are only x many movies getting made and a studio comes to you and says we've got this movie about dinosaurs but we got these guys in taiwan and we got the guys in London who need a job. And we got, you know, Weta's looking to pick up some stuff. So, you know, and this company is, is – and then there's also a question of subsidies where, you know, the company in Taiwan, they've got subsidies. So they're going right. to do it for 50%. So a company like Rhythm and Hughes – has that doesn't have that safety net necessarily um, of a, a deep-pocketed owner or whatever subsidies and, you know, they, that's Rhythm Hughes chased subsidies by opening India in an yeah. Indian company and things like that and cheap labor and so on just to compete. Um, so, you know, a company says, well, we either do this job and – break even or lose money on it, but at least that's cash flow as opposed to having no project in house whatsoever. So it's a huge bidding war and no one can stay alive on what projects are going for now because right. there's too many companies in competition for too little work.
0: Just to qualify, qualify ourselves a bit for anyone that might be listening to this episode who has never heard us before, I'm Teague mm-hmm. and that's Mike and we're both modern visual effects artists who have been doing this for a decade-ish and Trey has been a visual effects artist for like 95 years. <laughs> yeah, Brian I worked on the original is, Frankenstein. I'm I wasn't not a Brian's not in visual effects, but he works in editing and and various stuff in post. And I'm just as interested in what Brian has to say because you have uh, a basic sense of the layout of what post in Hollywood looks like, but you also have an outsider's perspective on the VFX thing, which would otherwise not be present here. So that's good. What when you look at this setup, do do you think of this as being like? Okay, well that's that was bound to happen. You guys should have had your shit together, or do you find it frustrating that we haven't
2: yet, or do you think we should? I mean, Yeah, well, as I mean, the other perspective I feel like the other domain of expertise I bring to this is my political uh Oh, and you also know shit about unions. <laughs> well, I mean I, I have certain particular views about unions that are not straight black or white. My feeling about unions in general is they served a very, very vital function. Uh, several decades ago in the New Deal era and before in terms of creating collective bargaining and creating uh, these kind of reforms for the working class and for people. And for the you little know, kids work- they are having their fingers chopped off in the mill. I, yeah. And yeah, and people <laughs> Coal you know, miners sewing and things for 16 hours a day in the factory that ends up burning down and the doors are all locked and all that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, collective bargaining and the, the ability of workers to organize, to protect themselves in their life, in their lives is tremendously important. That being said, unions, over the years, have morphed into into. It, it's not as it's not as black and white as a battle. It used to
1: be about the
3: music, man. Yeah, that's it, actually, it yeah. I mean, that's some the, some, the, some the, unions are synonymous now with organized crime. Uh, the, and yeah, there, and there
2: is actually there is a lot of overlap in terms of of that's that concept uh and it varies obviously from industry to industry so and
1: it's it's certainly w- whether we're dealing with a union who, which is like that or not it has given union a, it made it yeah. kind of a it dirty has tarnished
2: word. the idea yeah. of, of a union yeah. yeah uh and and certainly as unions have won a lot of battles historically a lot of very important battles in terms of of health care and and pensions and uh workers rights and weekends and all of that uh as the battle lines have have moved based on various victories and defeats over the years, the the fights themselves have have shifted as well. And frankly, I don't know if unions, as we think of them now, and as we think of them as having existed for the past you know seven or eight decades, are the best tool moving forward to to protect workers' wages and rights and, and lives. So, some, in my opinion, some sort of collective bargaining. You know,
1: organization is absolutely necessary, and the fact well, that visual effects isn't, artists isn't aren't organized—rose by any other name, though. I mean, what is there other than a union? I mean, we can call it a guild, but is there a difference? Well, no, there's not a difference. Is there a distinction a between a, a union between and, a and a trade guild? group? A trade group is for the companies. Trade group is the companies.
0: Yeah. Mm. Okay, wait, give me some definitions real quick. A union is a union is the workers
3: who who agree who band, that, who agree so that none of them the will them. work for X less less than X money or under X uh, conditions. Yeah. and if and if any of them are. Expected to none of them will work, and that's how you bring a company to the bargaining table by going, "Look, and if you treat, why, the, if you treat anyone wrong, strike. you will lose all your workers, and that's a strike, and, right? And yeah. that's that's collective bargaining."
0: Now, a trade group is trade Change group remain and ILM getting together and saying we won't backstab each other. Is that
3: how that works? Yeah, we won't. We won't poach each other's people. We won't. You know, we we won't as an industry. We won't accept these practices from our from our clients. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, if if, if you know, because if if Studio X goes to VFX company Y and says, look, we're going to do this kind of shady deal to give you the deal, a trade group ideal prevent that a trade group would say we've agreed all of us have agreed that none of us will deal with you if that's the way you're going to do business yeah, yeah.
2: now where would a guild fit in that whole thing is that synonymous with union a guild is just a, a union for creative professions right on. Is my understanding I'm not sure I'm, if there's I, any I other, don't know if there is a difference, uh, if,
3: there's uh, difference if there's any probably. other difference that, besides that's that. a Wikipedia question
0: but before we get to a conversation about whether or not a, a union should do this or should do that or this that or the other we have to ask a basic question which I know how I feel and I think I know how Mike feels but I actually don't know how Trey feels do you think Think what we Fine, thank you. do. You think the current setup, what we Perfect. have now, with you know all of the, you know the nature of people having to pull weird freelance hours and not get paid overtime, and companies are underbidding each other, and companies are closing. Do you think this actually represents a problem, or do you think this represents an inevitable eventuality that would be the case regardless?
3: It's it's in retrospect, it seems inevitable. Um, I've been complaining. I think I'm on record on other episodes of DIFF um, complaining that there are too many visual effects schools. Um, and the the issue of there are too many visual effects houses so that they have to undercut each other to the point of cutting their own throats when bidding on jobs. The reason why we can't unionize is because there's so goddamn many kids out there who are trained as effects artists. Who will
0: work for 300 bucks a will work
3: week. For, for for Twinkies. Right. You know, and and you know that's what happened at Rhythm and Hughes. A lot of people who got laid off at Rhythm and Hughes were the older people who have the higher salaries and the benefits and the whatever, you know? Presumably better skills. Exactly, but hey, you know, who cares? Cares about that nowadays. We got this kid right out of full sale. who will you know, yeah. do it for a box of raisins. So, uh, you know, they they're just happy to work and have be in the industry, and they're not thinking about. But I have two kids, and what about healthcare care and all that kind of stuff? So, so as long as the, you know, that's another piece of the puzzle. That as long as there are these visual effects companies who uh, the visual effects schools who've been. Indoctrinating their students by saying, "If you're gonna a visual effects boy, you're gonna be a million billion billionaire." Who you the know? hell is telling them that? I, I, the schools are because well, yeah, they're they're yeah. trying to make you do that. I,
2: there, I, there are a lot of, especially in the entertainment sector, a lot of diploma mill yeah. schools, and Full Sail is absolutely one of them. It's just yeah, a, sure. it's and, not and about it's not about serving an industry or or serving uh, you know a sector of the economy it's it's about, it's about selling it you m- the school it's about it selling is. you the school and the diploma and cranking yeah. you through as fast Ten as well. brian years.
0: went to full sale and i i'm not going to cast aspersions but he can my experience when i took the tour was that i was walking through a toyota commercial yeah it full sale well, a volkswagen actually, commercial to be specific there's a lot of tech <laughs> now but, uh, <laughs> full sale thing. is I'm absolutely
2: sure. a, a diploma mill yeah. and there yeah and i, but, I went to dave school which is a visual
0: effects school uh the experience there wasn't anyone told us we'd be millionaires nor did it turn out in my particular class we had something like 35 people uh at the beginning of it and i to my knowledge only like Six or seven actually ended up here five years later working. Uh, most of them didn't go anywhere. Um, but Dave's school is a smaller school and there's a couple there's one up in vancouver uh there's a couple in orlando there's dave school and then full sale has a visual effects department but there is i do have the sense and not to mention the fact that there's hordes of people coming off of the internet uh with you know a back pocket full of uh you know andrew kramer Video tutorials cool pilot, and, yeah yeah and all this that and the other that'll come out to la and work for peanuts i, I get the sense regardless of my experience at the dave school that there is a a, a massive amount of young cheap Relatively talented folks getting poured into the industry every yeah.
3: every second. And that's just in America. Imagine what's like you know that's why you right. go to
1: India. <laughs>
3: it's like they will do it for a box of raisin ads in India. You know that's great.
1: And that being the case, and with it getting, yeah. we say here, well, you know that won't pay for my house. It, it we we'll get pretty close over there. <laughs> yeah. So or, well, it'll it'll get me off the street. Yeah. Or
3: whatever. So
0: you know, the cost of living is. If you know. we imagine that the threshold is uh, the threshold for being considered a, a professional visual effects artist that a company would hire, if we imagine that the threshold is so low that if you know your way around after effects well enough to do the job if you're given enough time and work cheaply enough if that's the threshold and people will clearly keep pouring in because it's you know quote unquote easier than it used to be to do that because people have the access to you know the adobe suite and this that and the other they can get good at it at home uh and if the visual effects industry is willing to work with those people because they can get the job done under the right conditions is there does it make sense to unionize this entire group of people, some of which have been here for 25 years, and some of which, you know, got here last year, but they're good enough to get hired somewhere. Well, there's a the, it's a huge group of people. for It not is a lot huge of group to,
1: of people, and it's I, I I don't know. I think that's that's one of those like path to citizenship <laughs> situations <laughs> where it's like you can't just yeah. come off, a, a, you know, with a bunch of video co-pilot stuff on your reel and join the union. It's like you got to work in a union. There should it, be some membrane. It, yeah, it, yeah, It gets. I mean, it, it gets into the the catch 22 that you hear people talk. About with unions and agents all the time. You can't get the work without the the union. You can't get into the union without the work and stuff like that. So you have to thread the needle and think okay, a union shop has to hire, you know, in essentially an apprentice capacity. It has to treat them properly, it has to treat them as though they're in the union, but that they're not necessarily actually in the union. And maybe you can actually hire them for less than the scheduled minimums or whatever. I'm not sure how it works. Um, But um,
2: we definitely need more of an apprentice aspect to our. Both to this industry and a lot of
1: other industries, yeah. quite frankly. But I think that's I think it, it, I I was just kind of googling the difference between guilds and trade unions, and I can't tell what they yeah. are. <laughs> know, but but, sure really but, a the, the, but the guild thing there is more of an apprenticeship Apprentice
3: aspect, aspect to it. There's the writers guild and there's the yeah. actors guild. Like you said, they are more. They tend to be more creative. Yeah. I think it's just a, a nomenclature thing more I than think the so, actual yeah. function.
4: I
2: think yeah. at this point, yeah. VFX, I would imagine if back, in the, day, back yeah. in the day yeah. it was Probably the medieval An actors
3: guild was, you know, you come in and you're okay, you're allowed to join and our more experienced actors will train you and you'll become an actor someday and yeah.
0: Yeah. so on. VFX interns are not hard to come by these days for the exact reason we mentioned a second ago. And I actually worked a visual effects intern for a second there. And I, I got into the industry very young. I, I had been doing compositing since I was 14. And by the time I was, by the time I had just turned 20, I had been compositing for, you know, six or seven years and I had also just come out of a school that taught me how to do 3D stuff pretty well. And I came out to Hollywood with uh, an offer for an internship in tow uh, at a creditable boutique visual effects company. And because I was so young and also, and this should never be forgotten, I'm also a total idiot. I didn't really know what intern meant. Like, colloquially... Much less in the visual effects industry. Like I'd heard that term about people in hospitals, but I didn't really know what that meant. Um, <laughs> yeah, that means you're almost a doctor. Yeah, and I was <laughs> very, very different. terms. and yeah. in the in the school uh, ecosystem people have been talking about, well, you can get an internship, this, that, and the other. And I thought that meant, you know, you're working for free, but you're working on visual effects stuff and doing their lackey shit. You know, maybe you're going to do their road over junior comp If it's a small company and maybe you're going to be doing, you know, maybe render wrangling, maybe at a, at a bigger company with your lack of experience, youngie, you know, some sunny gym, but, What was weird is I came out to L.A., started working at this place, and I was an intern. My understanding of intern at the time was do some shitty work for free, uh, but maybe they'll hire you. And that happened. But what also happened was I was making a lot of coffee and things like that. And I was really – I was – surprised and affronted and sort of indignant because like, no one had told me about that I probably should have known but like I said 19 idiot I probably should have known that was part of what the internship thing was but I was just thinking about that the other day you're more a PA really yeah, yeah. I mean I was yeah. I was a VFX intern but I was making people coffee and I was taking out the trash and making runs and shit like that for the studio to get more Diet Coke like I was thinking about this the other day because at the time I was really affronted by it and then for a couple years after that I thought I was naive to have been affronted by it because that's the way it works but thinking about it again now that's yeah, really I'm affronted
2: all over that's, again. That's no, really, it's really fucked up. You, you were completely right to be affronted. That's actually another you know, major problem, both within this industry and within our economy as a whole today. I mean, I, I went through substantially the same thing. I was an intern at a commercial production company, and I was, you know, working for free, uh, doing the, you know, coffee and errands sort of a thing, and the kind of implicit agreements, at least what is supposed to be the implicit agreement in that sort of situation, is your working towards either getting hired or getting references or gaining actual experience in that domain and at least perhaps at the, a digital one perhaps yeah, okay. at uh at least my experience and i know a lot of other people have very similar experiences is the sense that you're it's just a loophole to get people to work for you for free
3: yeah that that's a company to company thing again yeah. it's a completely unregulated thing i mean if a company that's, is like let's get problem. some let's get some idiot kids in here to you know haul the trash every day until they get sick of it and then we'll get more idiot kids in yep. some companies are doing that and and, and some companies are legitimately right. you know looking to mentor people and and you like know. you mentioned the,
2: the the problem with the film industry at the moment with you know visual effects people but you're just film production people in general is there's always new a new busload of idiot kids willing to take out the yeah. trash. to
0: do Thank that. God. to stand out the, in front of the, <laughs> <laughs> the proverbial home depot
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. for money yeah, the table, pretty much. Yeah. Now,
0: there's also a second aspect of that, which is recently, I think it was DD, and they they, they got a lot of heat for this. A, a new oh, sort of Lord. paradigm. Yeah. Well, this that they is what we're talking about. Charging with... good for them uh, for thinking for out of the box. Intern for them. This is yeah. Yeah. basically acting as if they were sort well, of no. a visual effects school. Here's what, But you yeah. have to pay to yeah. work at it. Well, ED to that's learn school,
1: from people that were doing it. That's what a school a paid is. I mean, you're you're paying the tuition. You're paying the tuition to go to a visual effects school run by Digital Domain. Okay. So far so good. I mean, it's a lot of money and it's, you know, but, but if you're going to teach okay. me and
0: it's valuable, then it's an,
1: it's a it's a exchangeable commodity. Yeah. That's fine. OK. Yeah, exactly. So far, so good. But then it was and then about 30 to 40 percent of work on major motion pictures was going to start coming from these students. So 30 to four. So it's basically like a subsidy. It's these it's these. You, they, they, you know, Digital Domain was going to be able to do their, your your movie. His domain
3: was crowdsourcing actual yeah, movies.
1: They were going to be able to do your movie, you know, Transformers Four, while getting for, paid for sixty for free work for sixty percent under what you were going to, you know, uh, uh, Paramount. What Paramount was going to pay them, or, or not under sixty, but seventy percent of what what it would have normally cost, because they're having people. Work on it. Who are not only working for free; paying, they are paying for the, for the opportunity, opportunity, opportunity to work, to work on American Transformers or Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where everyone went. Okay, no longer okay yeah. at this uh, point.
0: And the See, eventuality why? of that is that then ILM has to close because they can't afford to compete with it. Yeah. well,
3: exactly. Once, and once again, designs. Digital Domain. That was, you know, I will give them credit for thinking outside of the box. Yeah, because I mean, that that's was, like, well, we don't, we don't live in Canada, so we won't get those fat Canadian yeah. subsidies that's taking all the work away. And you know, it we, is crafty, you know, exactly. And and how else do we, it's the same, it comes down to the same issue. It's like studios aren't paying X for projects. They're like, well, we'll just go down the street or we'll go to Quebec or we'll go to wherever. So, that was digital domain was just attempting to go, how can we, you know, cut our prices and still stay in business and still get a job done? And that was a solution they proposed. Um, crap, um, Patrick Bateman's idea was great. Yeah. Uh, it
0: was really, you know, it's a calculating idea, but everyone got kind of mad because. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? And uh, I don't think it ended up happening or they, they massively they, it, it they took out that really, aspect it. Of never it never
1: really got off the ground. Right. In fact, the entire – it was going to be in Florida and the entire DD Florida facility had to close down basically.
0: Damn. Yeah. Okay, so back to the question that sort of started the intern tangent, which is just does this represent a problem or is this the way it should be? I mean is there any way out of this by way of unions or is there actually a too fundamental imbalance in the – in both sides of the equation
3: here. Well, that you know, the, the whole idea of unions, you, whenever you unionize an industry that isn't unionized, you know, there's going to be, someone's going to get hit in the head with a baseball bat. So, so be ready for that. Um, look at the history of unionization when they were, you know, unionizing the auto industry or, or various different things. And, and it's, it's the same process and the same complaints on both sides. You know, the, the car manufacturers will say, well, now cars are going to cost twice as much because we have to pay everyone overtime that we weren't paying before and we can't afford to do business. So blah, blah, blah. So, you have the you have this problem of an existing ongoing industry that is limping along, but there are jobs to be had. And who in this industry, especially now, is going to say, "Yes, I'd love to voluntarily say no. I will no longer work for this company that isn't paying me enough in order to unionize." Cause someone will just fill that spot of <laughs> exactly when some kid from you know off the bus is going to take that seat in a heartbeat. So it's it's going to be a hard process, and and it is probably going to require a collapse, which we're not we're not at yet right we're, we're having we're we'll see you know there was, we're feeling some tremors but there hasn't been a massive exactly. like shift if here. we re- literally just you know burn the whole thing to the ground and have a chance to rebuild it i still don't know if that that was was gonna that's going to unionize anything
1: to be honest that's what i've been thinking at this point I'm, yeah. I, in exactly those terms yeah. burning it to the ground means being able to build rebuild it from the ground up and that may be the only option left
3: yeah but i not don't,
1: that i'm not that i'm rooting for that but it's like yeah. if, but I don't if know it's going to happen anyway that's it's a practical advantage. viable so thing it's just take the necessary actions
2: yeah,
3: yeah you I know mean, again it's i like we we look at other industries and we go well you know the car industry didn't keep up with the times well the visual effects industry and the studios in tangent, in, in tangent with each other screwed the pooch you know it's like it's not a system that can sustain uh and and yet it's the system we have is it going to completely collapse and burn well i think people are still going to make movies like i said the short term is Studios may be pushing even harder, and this can't be bad, to say, let's make fewer of those goddamn tent pole visual effects extravaganza movies. Let's you know, maybe they'll flip the other direction and go, let's make those hundred thousand dollar crap movies instead. You know, we may see that. but. You know. That's what well, they right a-
1: do. They can't
0: get that <laughs> off the ground either, yeah. it seems like. All right now it seems like the problem <laughs> stems from or the the problem continuing stems from a weird arrangement of incentives because the studios, the people who fund these movies and buy the visual effects don't have any incentive to change things. Cause right now
3: they're making bank. Yeah. The, the thing, the new wrinkle is, as we said, this is the first time a show has just stopped Cold. In the middle of a production. Yes, exactly. That's that's going to be like whoa, you know. But that's I The don't horse know if, died in the middle of the river. I don't know if the studios are going to learn anything from that,
0: other than well, screw rhythm and Hughes. Then you know we yeah you know. I mean, typically in that really strained analogy, it'd be like you know the movie studio is riding the horse across the river. They cross the river and the horse dies. But hey, the movie studio got over there. So yeah, that's but we, fine. we're right all now here, the horse yeah. is dying in the middle of the river. But <laughs> yeah. it's like this incentive thing where the people well, that I, are and they're not
2: thinking about the next river. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow, nice way to take my There's, there's labor all there's lots of horses. <laughs> you <laughs> you just buy another horse. Right, exactly.
0: But the thing is, those people don't have any particular incentive to fix this because it's working for them really well. The studios, or the visual effects companies, don't particularly have an incentive to try to singularly fix this for themselves because they face the same problem writ large that an individual artist faces, which we're not going to fucking, we're not going to bid you 50 grand for Transformers 4. We need more money than that. Okay, well, we got these guys, boom. And then these guys are screwed. You know, company A is screwed because they don't have a job now. And it's the same thing with artists. And you know, the company that's hiring the artist, the actual visual effects company, If the artist is like, hey, you know, I want 21 a week, and they're like, now, how about we hire three guys for that price, and we just have to make them work a little bit harder, but they're fine. They're going to work overtime, and they don't seem to care. They're young. Uh, It'll be fine. I mean, there's no particular – the only people that could change this at the moment have no incentive to, and everyone down the line just has to kind of roll with it until they all implode, uh, which may happen. I mean, there's, there's right now, there's no reason to
2: think it won't. It's just a question of timelines. Yeah, if the system is not sustainable... I mean, I've, I've said this before, and maybe this is way too anti-capitalist of me or whatever, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're all just... <laughs> sell it, comrade! <laughs> we're all just shuffling piles of money in between mm-hmm. each other back and forth over and over and over again. It's just a matter of... Can we shuffle them in the right size with the right frequency that everybody can get through the day? Because as soon as one person can not get through the end of the day, eventually everybody's going to have problems getting through the end of the day. So, yeah, for the time being, the artists themselves and now some of maybe the the bigger effects houses there's still enough horses there's
1: okay don't, don't, don't <laughs> <go back. Don't.
2: laughs> there's way All too right. many horses Is the so
3: problem.
2: yeah so maybe they don't have you know enough of a pile of money to make it through the end of the day but the studios have enough for right now so they don't care but eventually they're going to get to a point where they don't and then they're going to freak out if they're not already hopefully they are um and it's just then we're gonna have a you know a regression to the mean or a a re-equalization or whatever you want to call it. How much of this issue do you think is related to the fact, uh, the oft-stated maybe fact,
0: that visual effects artists are too much like cats and it's impossible to herd them? Like, they're not... Just because there's no particular inbred sense of unity and community, there is... Or solidarity. People in the visual effects industry have a hard time imagining that they're all in this together well that's uh, been said a lot but, but I, that's, I don't that, know if again that's true
3: it. when you try and unionize people people. any organization yeah. I mean you know it's like wait what's a, again you're, you're asking someone to voluntarily not work until everyone can work and that's that's hard to get a group of people you know watch norma ray it's like you know, go, go watch norma ray which is a great movie by the way you should check it out but uh you know it's a just instead of working, making fabric, think visual effects, and Norma Ray will tell you what it will be like to try and unionize them. And unfortunately, you have a better thing. If you're coal mining or, or to the textiles, it's like, well, if the, the factories are actively killing workers, <laughs> you can probably inspire people to unionize better. VFX hasn't killed that many of its workers obviously yeah. yet. I mean, we know that there have been several deaths uh, you know, related because – People, you know, people living on caffeine and Twinkies and and no sleep, you know. There's a few that who've keeled over, but not yeah. but not enough to really register. So so that you don't have that going for you when you're when you're killing everyone with black lung disease. Then you can maybe when have people a. People are dying in
2: warehouse fires. It's a little exactly more black when the and white.
3: doors are. Leaving. That's what well, we that's, what, I was that's what we need. We need like the next the next big tragedy needs to be someone was you know they're working on Transformers Five and they were in a warehouse and the building caught fire and the doors were locked and yeah. 500 visual effects. Horses died. Is, this is
2: what I was saying earlier. Is this, it's a, in that's how it work, that's how it works in the garment industry. Well, you know, seven or eight decades ago, that's what the garment industry that's, that's that was the Triangle Fire. The Triangle, was. Fire. Yeah. The triangle fire
3: was a big was a big yeah. moment in unions,
2: and and that's why the the fight was more black and white with unions and organizations back then. I think yeah. these days, just the issues are more complex and subtle, and the just the idea as we've won all of these previous battles in terms of quality of life, you know, weekends and pay and everything else and healthcare. The the landscape itself of quality of life and, and what is fair to ask a worker to do in terms of how much has just gotten a lot subtler and, and nuanced. And so and the the fights themselves have to get more subtle and, and more well, nuanced. But
1: there's also – I mean there's also the fact that everything you're talking about is part of what the problem is. It was like if you're talking about overtime and weekends and stuff like that, that's not something that visual effects artists, even in America – are, are guaranteed and, but, and yeah. because all these companies are violating really labor laws and nobody wants production. to stand up and say anything about it because like you said there's a kid who's going to come sweeping in and, uh, and take your job and he's not going to say anything about it because that's fine and because you stood up and said something about it now all the other right. uh, you know companies know that you're a troublemaker and they're not going to want to hire you right. either yeah. so
0: Hey, Eddie's here. Oh, hi, hi Eddie. hi, Eddie. Hello, everybody. We're talking about the VFX industry slowly I, imploding. I, I got that <laughs> mid-course it's, correction. It's
4: been it's been interesting because there have been so many times in my career, uh, just in, in nonfiction reality editing, where unionization always comes up, and it's so bizarre because I'm I'm incentivized to not union at this point, point. and I'm incentivized almost as to, an editor or
0: as a as an editor as a
4: member of the community as an editor specifically. Okay, and it's, why? um I'm incorporated so I own my own company and then everybody who hires my services hires my company and then issues my company a check and checking that I take care of myself I pay my own health care I do my own retirement and all this other stuff I've been approached no less than four times on various shows to unionize and and make no mistake I've been horribly horribly like misused worker abuse yeah I mean at, like spending the night at the office four days straight you know what I mean like mm-hmm. kind of stuff Uh, and, uh, a few times you know like all oh, the cuts got out and if you just there's a, there's a very famous video out right now which is just like hey everybody if you stay late there's pizza uh <laughs> specifically for editors it's made for it's like one of those um um animations that you do when you just enter the tax i forget the oh yeah it's it's extra normal, extra normal. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it's like hey there's pizza and it's like okay it's i would like to go see my kids like oh but just stay <laughs> like there's there's such a cult of personality in terms of like team players and stuff like that with that said however i've looked at and I've. I'm, I'm union eligible. I've been union eligible for like nine years. Um, but for ACE uh, for editors guild. Okay. For editors guild. And it's, it's almost like it's better that I don't because the problem at the end of the day is, is that for me, when I go to sign up, it's like, it's like, I understand it'd be better for the community if we're all union and we all got healthcare. I get that, but that's not the reality I live in. So, at the end of the day, I'm beholden only to myself, and it's not like they're going to stop making reality shows anytime soon. You know what I mean? I'm always going to have work, and to I get better rates on non-union shows, with a few exceptions. Now, if I jumped on like The Office or something, well, at the end of the season, we'll be there. But if I jumped on like Parks or Rec or something like that, like a network primetime show with a several million dollar budget per episode, then sure. But on these... You know, even the higher end competition reality shows with budgets of 1.5 million per episode, like a project, you know, project runway is union. So that's a bad example. But uh, Deadly's Catch or some of these other shows, um, I I can command easily three, four hundred dollars more a week uh, on non-union shows than I can union shows. And. Um, and usually for longer runs
0: is that just because you have more to answer to in a union situation like you have to yeah,
4: prove yeah yourself yeah and and the for problem the is, is that there's the problem and really honestly where it comes into is that when networks are doing seven rounds of notes and um i won't name names but there's certainly some uh networks that i would applaud less than others <laughs> uh it, you know it gets a bit ridiculous and kind of screws with your deadline. And like companies are getting better about saying like, okay, you only get two rounds of notes. And if you ask for more than that, then you incentivize us with penalties above that. But when you're on such crazy deadlines and you know, when a show comes in with three pages of notes and you've got a day and a half to do them because you're up against air, um, you're not it's not you, it's an impossible situation to not do without that over time. Um, and yeah, make no mistake, even on like good shows, reputable companies, you feel like when you're in the moment, especially as an editor, you're like, just get it done, get it done, get out the door. Everybody take an act and let's just go, go, go. And you're there until nine o'clock. That's not that's not regular, but it happens enough to where it's worth noting. The was there always a
0: union surrounding editors or at least since you've been born like that happened in since the I've 40s been born, right yeah, yeah,
4: that's when, that's yeah, yeah.
2: apparently uh, the first AE on uh, my last job actually told me that in the 50s there was the editors almost joined the director's guild which I didn't yeah, know that I was a like, thing that's yeah. damn that, was that, thing. that would have been
4: nice now keep in mind <laughs> yeah. when yeah. you see that's the, the best union because yeah, the editor's mind, guild is not a very powerful guild uh, not at all and, <clears> and keep yeah. in mind when you see when you see ACE that is not a union that's a society okay that's prestige but you don't need to be ACE to work on union shows yeah. and
0: we have just one of like those BES. in the visual effects yeah, yeah, yeah exactly exactly, exactly.
4: exactly. Right. so it's like you don't that's the analog so it's like and that's why you see ACE after some credits and not all is
0: ACE big enough to make sort of industry wide proclamations and hold the industry to it the problem is is that or is it just like being an Adobe certified expert the, well no it's so that's the thing yeah. and, and hey, that's it's and, also ACE
4: huh? and here's yeah. the thing some of the best you'll meet are, are complete technophobes you know what I mean so like so familiarity with the latest and Greatest isn't always going to be that, but whereas as opposed to visual effects where you sort of need to be mm-hmm. up on every single update and patch notes and all this other stuff. Um, but it, the problem is, is that movies are now leaning more towards like TV shows when it comes to posts in the sense that you're going to see more multiple editor credits like the days of single editor credits on movies is is slowly coming to an end because when you have to especially have handoff shots of visual effects houses and stuff like that, you need to just, you know, you need to just crank it out and you're up against these air dates that are released before you even Um, you know, roll footage, you know, that's that you're going to see more and more of that. So as long as there's more multiple editors on each show, you're in each movie, you're then, then you're, you're hamstringing yourself. If you only, commit to union editors at that point or, or, I'm sorry, to commit to ACE editors at that point. And
3: a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people join SAG and then unjoin SAG. Yep. There's, there's a there's a, uh, there's a a category you can withdraw from SAG where you're still in the union. You can always get back in and do union jobs, but mm-hmm. you, and SAG hates it, but they're required by law, just oh, like all uh, unions financial are. Financial core. Exactly, FICOR. Yeah, okay. where, but you
1: can't go back. Yeah, once you go FICOR Exactly, you can't go, you back. go back. But maybe. there's,
3: yeah. you can't, once you go first first to, FICOR, you know, but there's, uh, but there's really not a lot of disadvantaged going FICOR, right? I, you know, I uh, because what it does is it means that you can now accept non-union work as well, but you can't be locked out of union work.
2: Exactly. Well, I've, so, I've heard that with FICOR specifically, because the the intent of FICOR is if you are really under a financial hardship, you are a union actor, but you're just not getting any union yeah. work, mm-hmm. and, but you're getting non-union work right. or the potential. Go you know, listen, guys. I can't make my rent unless I take this non-union job. You can go FICOR. But my understanding is that SAG will check up on that and go, are you, is this really your situation or not?
3: Right. But, but you can also do that just by going to another state that it's a right to work state. Like I would like to, you know, I'm going to go to North Carolina where they don't honor unions the same way.
4: And with the decentralization of Hollywood, you're going to see more and more of that. Exactly.
3: So so. I, I
2: have a friend actually, who's an actress who has, is basically trying to do exactly that, like to claim on as many casting notices as she can, that she is, you know, a home that she can claim whatever that area is as home. Like, her family's from Atlanta, so right. you know, they shoot a lot of stuff in Atlanta. She's so like, yeah, I can totally... I'm a home person. I'm not, you have <laughs> That's to, where I live. Yeah. I'm, I'm a local. And last time I talked to her, she was trying to figure out how to make that work for Detroit. I was like, well, it's Detroit. You could probably just buy a house there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just cheap enough. buy a
3: couple of houses there and
2: get a, get an address. So
0: where does that leave us in the visual effects world? I mean, earlier we were Bones. talking about does it need to burn yeah. down?
3: There's it, it does. Actually, well, it, interestingly enough, I think not that this would necessarily happen, but I guess of all the potential things that could happen, if we're talking about the plight of the workers, which isn't necessarily anyone's concern except the workers. But if, if it's the, all
2: of our concern, right?
3: <laughs> That's right. We are, are the workers. The least of us. Yeah. I, I'm not in that business anymore. <laughs> I got out of it when it turned into an office job. Um, so it's like, I'm watching the banking industry fail. Like, yeah, fuck those guys. But the, <laughs> the, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the uh, little kids. Told you. <laughs> told you. Was it we we had that conversation exchange on Twitter where you said you felt bad that you inspired people to get into visual effects? Yeah. I've been working really hard to get people out of visual effects. I tell uh, them when people are I'm like, on record.
1: I'm I am I've at the point don't. Where, where people ask me they they go, "Yeah, what should I what should I do to get into visual effects? Like how can I get a visual effects job?" I'm like, "Don't." Yeah, I tell them. I tell them don't because this, that is the worst thing that you can do to yourself.
3: We are seeing the industry, whatever whatever the ultimate fallout is. This is a correction that had to happen at some point. Yeah, there is just there are too many workers and there are too many companies and there's not enough product being made. Even crazy as that sounds, you know, it's still the case. Yeah. So, so interesting of all the things we talked about, the thing that would. To me, you know, not having a complete eye on the you know the whole picture, obviously, you know, all the ins and outs. But a trade, a trade group, if if we could get all the major houses together to say, okay, when a studio comes to us and says we'd like you to do Transformers for for X, Need none for of us months. will do it, right? Yeah, you know, that would immediately improve the status of everyone's potential to like you know, because companies have to do that at some point or another because they're just going to keep folding if they keep doing projects for. For yeah. you know, ten, pennies on the dollar, you can't stay in business that way. That's that's <laughs> just, as as our president would say. That's just mathematics. That's just yeah. how that is. And and subsidies. You know, a lot of companies are keeping going on subsidies. And a lot of companies. Scott Squires wrote a really good uh, essay today. The, today on his blog, um, where he said that basically subsidies fuck with evolution. You know, they, they they screw the evolution pressure because subsidies keep companies afloat that should go under because they just aren't able they're capable of going. But they also damage companies that are doing okay but can no longer compete in this artificial marketplace that isn't a fair marketplace anymore. So Rhythm and Hughes, which from all reports is a well run company. Everyone's it's very fashionable to go, yeah rhythm and hues, yeah, big business. It, it's you know, it's it's a small company that became big. It's been generally well run they got it's they the got, american they, dream they got their, they got their foot in a hole and I've they only
1: really heard pretty good you things about the yeah. way they treat them. they got their
3: foot in they got their foot in a hole and they they snapped a leg and that that's how it happens sometimes <laughs> and and but it's because of the it's because of the bigger picture it's not because they were shady dealings the the market compelled them to try these you know to leverage themselves further and further out there and then one day the house of cards collapsed hello kevin spacey <laughs> but but the you know it, so if 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 we could Get all the visual effects companies, all the big players, and there, you know, there aren't that many, but there, you know, if, if I was going to say,
0: if you put ILM and DD and ILM
3: and DD, those guys and, together, Dean Egg
0: and maybe and Weta,
3: Rhythm and Hughes, you know,
0: if they all agreed, are they enough of the industry to actually change this? Well, they're,
3: they're, there's there's only a number, there's only a few number of companies that can make Transformers movies. You, you're not going to go to a boutique to make Transformers. You're
0: yeah. not going to go to Teague's visual effects company.
3: <laughs> exactly. Boutiques are doing well. You know, they, they the crumbs filter down and they get the small jobs and they do the commercials and they do the TV shows. Lower thirds, they, everybody. Exactly. And they, you know, they do the graphics and all that kind of stuff. Those, you know, the bottom, the, the, the small, the small wiry, quick little mammals down on the forest yeah. floor, <laughs> but the dinosaurs, you know, they need, they need the big, they need the big food and they need to eat regularly. So yeah, there, there was only if, Every company that would be capable of doing a tentpole movie a la Transformers, um, if you could get them into a trade group to all go, okay, you know, we're going to have industry-wide standards and practices, and if we agree as a group and no one goes off the reservation, and of course it, it only works if everyone holds the line, if a studio says, we want you to do this movie for X money – you know, or, or under X conditions, if they would all go, no, no one will make Transformers for you. It doesn't matter if you go down the black to Rhythm and Hughes, they'll say no, too, because we've all agreed not to do that.
0: They'd have control, because there's literally like five or six companies that could. Precisely. And if those guys are the ones that can, you know. Yeah. Now, do you wonder? I do wonder.
3: Now, it's possible that studios will go, oh, then fine, we'll not make Transformers 5, but that's not necessarily bad either. Yeah, that might be a net <laughs> win, anyway. That's bad for the visual effects industry, but it might be good for the industry as a whole.
0: Uh, do you imagine? Because it seems like so obvious to me that this must have happened but maybe I'm just being naive and optimistic do you imagine that there has been like a conference call or something that just didn't go anywhere because it seems unlikely that you know guy one from ILM and guy one from DD and guy one from Wada must have
3: gotten on the phone at some point say, oh I'm,
2: I'm sure there have been many conversations over whiskey and beer and I'm sure
3: there are the, locations. There's, there's issues though we have to you know again maybe maybe price isn't necessarily the right way to go because again this is someone can have more expertise on the specifics of this because you don't want to get into a, a monopoly situation or unfair trade practices, or anything like that. Price fixing. I don't know, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you. you I, I don't know if you can agree on prices because, of course, that's such a nebulous thing. You can agree it, on a floor, but you can't agree on it, some sort price. of guidelines. I think yeah. just you know, whatever, whatever it is that you go. I wish the studios would quit shoving that down our throats if you could say none of us will accept that any longer we won't work for you if you do X if that's a quantifiable thing then it may not be prices but obviously it's this thing's all feeds into prices you right. Know? Right. maybe it's like is it is it scheduled it's like we will no longer accept a movie that's more than 500 shots with less than a six-month delivery deadline or whatever something you know some whatever sort of metric yeah. ideally
2: yeah. a combination of metrics really yeah
3: whatever but whatever's is legally allowable which right. I don't know what the parameters are there but um, but that would be a start that's that's not necessarily going to save everyone's job, but that would be the start to a healthier industry that, you know, where these people aren't relying on Ponzi schemes just to keep their doors open from day to day. Right.
4: right. I wonder how much of this has to do, because I, th- I thought about this a lot. I wonder, cause I've seen, Sort of parallels in, in my corner of the industry. I, I wonder how much of this has to do with just the availability of the technology. Because back in the day, you know, if you wanted to, if you were doing visual effects on, say, Star Wars, you needed to have a combination of skills plus innovation or uh, even, even Starship Troopers, you had to be innovative in sort of your craft. And also whereas, be in the valley. Exactly. And <laughs> I, and editing was much the same way. No, kids were not getting baby's first chem, uh, you know, when they were, bat- or baby's first Hervex splices back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, whereas nowadays, I you can, pr- I, I mean, I went back since my high school and like the 14 year olds working final cut seven and knowing a decent amount of media management, you know what I mean? So it's like, I wonder, I wonder how much of this is sort of like, like lower the playing field. We were t- we talking about that. I'm before sure you were. Before, it, of course. Yeah. Of <laughs> course a beautiful point that I, I've been thinking of and cultivating is something you guys already passed. No, no. But before, it, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a good point And that's an important point. we were
1: talking about how precisely that it's like, there are some, there are so many people in the industry. In fact, there, there's, there were, um, I've seen people, I've, I've seen people on online also talking about it. They're like, if you want to save the, v-, you know, talking to people, <laughs> if you want to save the VFX industry, leave, get out of it, get, get out of it. Out of it.
4: it. Yeah. <laughs> if we got to start.
3: T- it starts with you, my friend. Yeah,
4: we got to start. We got to start cannibalizing the week because I, I see yeah. a lot of jobs I see are for my right. But um, realitystaff.com, which is sort of the online resource I primarily leaned on, just mer- merged with production notices and created this mega site called Staff Me Up. And so now I'm seeing jobs of all sorts and shapes. And it shocked me how low some of the rates are, uh-huh. and it's like coming into our sizzle reel for two hundred dollars a day, and it's like really that's <laughs> phenomenally low for something that's kind of important. Right. And I'm seeing so many parallels of that now, and i i can't I can't help but think like um, I, I don't think I think the reckoning I think visual effects is sort of the tip of the spear and sort of the great. Earth scorching process that's going to happen in a lot of quarters yeah. of post. Yeah,
1: but it's and it's well, it's funny with with you know like oh. you say with the sizzle. Re- I think also people don't really appreciate it. Like we have that situation with rotoscoping right. yeah. in in our industry. People see it as a very low level thing, and they don't want to pay a lot of money. There's only so much you can make as a rotoscope artist. But it's like, but you can do it really let's well, let's really do, fast. Well, and there is a distinction. And there's all yeah. and there's also you know let's talk Transformers Five or Star Trek. It's like I dare you to do that movie without roto. Go. <laughs> I, I dare you! <laughs> right. you know, I'll watch. Yeah, <laughs> go but, for it.
3: You know, but the nature of you know, I,
2: I watch you try to do roto. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah really exactly.
3: it's, a, it's <laughs> Talk a, about paint dry. Nothing's more exciting than watching someone do roto. Yeah, um, nah. but I didn't say I'd watch. Yeah, <laughs> I just said it, we'll it, do it. In the but in the bigger picture, you know. I'm older. Shit happens, you guys. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, it's like the visual effects industry was a thing. It's going to probably be a different thing. Hey, remember when Kodak was an important company? They seem to have not be that important anymore. Okay. You know, it's like uh, that's life. That's the nature of all industries. That's the nature of all businesses. A hundred years ago, there was five guys sitting in a room going, but, but, Building stage coaches is a fine and honorable profession. And I don't understand why we're, you know, we're not doing it anymore. Buggy whips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Buggy
0: whips. Well, Buggy that, whips. that goes right into what I was going to sort of go to next, which is treating this not pessimistically, but realistically. Is it only going to get worse now? I have to imagine that it's only
2: going to get worse now.
1: Well, a time, I, I feel like it depends has to on get where worse you're standing. Before it gets I, I, better, yeah. yeah.
2: Depends on where you're standing. It's always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's we're still. Depends probably, on where you're standing. it life. gets dark and then it you, goes out.
3: Are you at Weta? Things are probably still cool. Are you? Are you in one of those new companies in Quebec, which is now underwriting? Yeah, are you willing companies? To, to move to yeah. Vancouver or Toronto? You're probably fine. Yeah, actually, yeah.
4: Uh, not. Just, I mean, video games. Video games have kind of been ahead of. Can you switch
3: over to video yeah. games? Yeah.
4: Well, no. Well, no. I'm saying video, video games has sort of had this crisis already. I, I've had so many friends had to relocate to Canada and the East Coast and okay, everybody who was based out of EA or THQ. I mean, oh my God, THQ. Poor guys. You know, it's like that company just was making, I mean, top games and just they did the same thing. Yeah. Them
3: well, I mean, ball. just but yeah. Just by way of example, I mentioned the Triangle Fire. There is no American garment industry anymore. Right. There is no, gar- you know, nothing Nothing uh, you uh, buy. Of like American and Haro Haro yeah, something. your clothing is not made in America. <laughs> 40 years ago, 75% of American clothing was made in America. First, less than 5% of the clothing that people buy America is made in America now. And that there used uh, to be a, a huge thing called the garment industry. Right. There is no such thing anymore. Yeah. Then, and visual effects could easily be that. You know, it could, be, yeah. it could be 20 years from now that, you know, visual effects. Yeah. That's what they do that in China, right? That's where they do all the visual effects. They do all that in China.
4: What's It's like say everything that? else. It's funny you say that because one of the the, the biggest. Everyone learn made... Chinese. I've been saying it for
3: years. On I'm, this from show. The, I'm from the future. <laughs> <laughs> learn, Chinese. learn Chinese. Learn uh, Chinese.
4: You know, <clears throat> the largest American. Garment maker American Apparel staunchly anti union. Its workers are staunchly anti union. They've been approached almost weekly to join the union. They're like, no, they take really good care of us, and we're happy. The benevolent dictator. uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like it's. But how? I mean, that can work. It it can work. But the problem is, but but that's
3: but that that's not good for an industry. That's only good for one company. Exactly.
4: But it's like the fact is they're the they're the last man standing, or the only man
3: standing at this point. They literally are. The one of the few companies, yeah, five yeah. percent of American clothing is they're made it. by them. That's them. That's it. Yeah, that's why they're called that. That's why they're called American Apparel. No. Well, this is
0: largely depressing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what's fun? What's what's no, no, it's only it's, it, I only for the everyone still working in the industry. That's right. No, get out of the big houses. Get out of the big effects. Well, houses. That's, you know, that's where I was going to get yourself a boutique that has a nice niche. Yeah. Yeah. You know, learn to grow and, yourself and, and you get know. the crumbs, you know, and get the, you know, just... I mean, that's where I was kind of going with
0: this is I've never actually those big factories. We, we, we you're just your lot. machine about like worker abuse and visual effects and all of this stuff. And while I certainly am not like a Holocaust denier when it comes to worker (laughs) abuse in the visual effects industry, I've never personally experienced it. I've also never worked at a, at a a studio with more than 150 employees. Like the biggest studio I've ever worked at was something like 120, 140 when I was there. Most of the time I'm working at a uh, a boutique shop between six and 25 employees. And that's it. And those have all worked out fairly well for me because Uh, I I don't know if it's that I'm just a a smaller force to be reckoned with. Like they're so small that they don't have to be corporate about their hiring policies really. So if someone comes in and says, I want this and someone else comes in and says, I want this, they're willing to deal with both of them on the face of it, as opposed to just saying too much, you can either lower your rate or no. Um, But I've never experienced only like once or twice. Have I ever experienced unpaid overtime uh, and all these things that we're talking about. And I wonder if that's because I'm working at smaller shops now, bear in mind, that's great for me, but I don't want to be the guy that runs a small boutique shop because life's getting really hard for him, too. Yeah. You know, the, the boutique shops are closing faster than the big ones.
3: Um, they come and go. I mean, that's the thing. They're they're smaller. and They're more mobile. It's just not as big a deal. You know, when one of those goes under, it's like it's an empty storefront as opposed to really huge. Right, yeah,
0: it's yeah. like, ah, my God, the world is coming to an end. Yeah, yeah. And I just wonder, you know, that's got to be. It's not like they're any more secure for the company. In fact, probably net less secure. But in my experience as an effects artist, I've had more success there than I think I would have if I was a, you know, the kind of guy that goes back and forth between Sony and DD and ILM. Um, well, maybe not Sony, but DD
3: and ILM. Yeah. Well, the big, biggest company I've ever worked for in visual effects is Sony. It's the most money I ever made on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And also was my least favorite job I've ever had. In the, it's, what, it's what basically made me quit the visual effects industry because it literally was, this is a fucking office job. Right. I could be working at Shearson Lehman. I'm crunching numbers. I'm sitting in a cubicle. Playing with curves. <laughs> with a mouse and I'm clicking on things and I'm just, I'm crunching numbers and I... I'm not in the movie business anymore. This is bullshit. So, you know, it was a huge amount of money and I, and I, you know, I said, I can't, I can't, I'm going to start taking hostages if I have to do this. So the project, the project ended and you noped the fuck out. And I went away. Right. And I've never really worked in any major, uh, visual effects company, uh, since of any, of any size. um, if I was going to, I would want to work at a boutique. You know, I'd want to work at a place where it's like there's six of us in a room and we've got to get this thing done and everyone just pitch in. And, and yeah, we're staying up late, but you know, there's a little bit more of the foxhole mentality there. When a huge company like Sony comes to you and I don't know, Sony never did this. Sony took care of us because it was, it was, this was Polar Express, which had all the money in the world at the time. But you're just picking a name out of a hat. Yeah. But song. you know, if if, if, if a big company with, you know, this huge comes to you and says, look, guys. We really can't pay you overtime anymore. <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to go, really? <laughs> well, that's cool. I understand. Yeah, and then they drive is, off
2: in their BMW. This is
3: a large uh, building. I mean, good grief. You're you paying know? a valet guy. You know that? Uh, hey, gosh. You know, maybe, maybe not so much with the free coffee machine or something. I don't know. Uh, what the hell? But um, but a boutique shop. A boutique shop is you know smaller, more wiry. And yes, they, they go under too. But... And you if know. you've been
0: on a team with the same seven or eight people, uh-huh. men and women, on like six projects in a row, you know each other, you know the stakes, you know that yeah. if this company doesn't produce, we all screw. I mean, it's just basically it's easier to be a part
1: of a small tribe than it is to be a part of it a big absolutely tribe. absolutely is, yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. it's the same difference between, you know, in any industry working for a big corporate entity versus working for,
3: exactly. you know, right.
1: just a local store. It's the Dunbar number. It's, you know, there's <laughs> the, the theory that...
2: Our brains are only built to handle basically 150 meaningful social connections. And everyone else is just an acquaintance that we (laughs) might remember their names. There's there's other people. And as soon as an organization gets beyond that number, then nobody... Everybody within that organization can't know everybody else, and right. then you start to break down, and then you create a bureaucracy. Yeah,
0: Mike, where are you at with all this? Are you like massively bummed and, and just w- waiting to watch some Joker come through and make the visual effects industry burn, <laughs> or do you think that there could be a meaningful
1: change that would work? I mean, at this point, where do you think the the highway ends? I don't know. I honestly don't. I mean, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to see it burn down to the ground. I'm I'm looking for the silver lining if that inevitably happens. Really, is is what I'm saying about trying to see that as an opportunity to rebuild it from the ground up if it burns to the ground. But I'd rather (laughs) not see it burn to the ground in the first place. Certainly, (laughs) Chicago
3: is a lovely city now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you think it's likely? Do you
0: think it's likely that it will?
1: I, I can't I, I have trouble see,
0: imagining something changing because I, I feel like we're just, you know, toads in hot water right. Now.
1: We, we had well, that's uh, that's a <laughs> yeah. that's actually great. That that's is right. a great example because but the water's getting pretty hot the, now. The so. water's been getting uh, but the water's been getting hot for the last 3-4 years. I mm-hmm. mean, we've been talking about We just about keep this. acclimating. Yeah. I, we, uh, By the I, way, I, that that antidote <laughs> that that metaphor is Anecdote, apocryphal. yeah, it's not
2: yeah, but a frog won't actually. Well, it's useful, that. damn it. It's a useful
1: visual, yeah. but it's apocryphal. I mean, Facebook is wrong about Something. I'm glad you yeah. said that. I was going to let it go though, because I'm like, yeah, I'll take it because. <laughs> but um, I understand the analogy. Yeah, it's, yeah, an, yeah. it's
0: an instructive analogy.
1: Yes, but yeah. science. But I mean, I mean, uh, Twitter just lets you get, download your archives, you know, like your your archive of your entire. And I bring that up because I downloaded mine and I started reading it, and I'm like, wow, we've been talking about this since I joined Twitter, which was like yeah. five years ago. Um, and I know we did a, a whole thing on it when yeah, the yeah. Stranahan thing came out and stuff like that, and it's it's at the point where I would i would certainly like to see something happen but i don't i I don't see what if it hasn't happened. idealism doesn't help yeah so it's like whatever if it hasn't happened yet what what will what's going to happen if
4: it's not going to happen
1: unless you stand up
2: mike this doesn't hear
4: the people sing (laughs) first they came for the rotoscopers and i said nothing yeah exactly (laughs)
1: um well i mean i've been i've actually been talking to uh one of the reps from the animation guild about trying to do some, like, videos, some instructional videos, because that's what I was saying. I'm like, nobody's going to read the... People put up these blog posts and articles and stuff, and nobody's going to read that and see what yeah. what all that is. Everybody knows that there's a problem. They don't know what to do about it. That we was need, the
0: reasoning for this Ranahan letter was to say, Jim, get on stage somewhere and yell yeah. this at a camera.
1: We need i I'm like, we need a five minute dumb ways to die video or something. Yes. To to explain to people, here is the problem. Here is what you, the artist, can do about it, Let's as opposed to unionize. sitting there watching it come at you. Because like right. right now, we're just watching the train come at us, and we don't, yeah. and no one is. No one has explained to us. Literally, deer in the headlights. Is there a rhythm to use? Exactly. (laughs) We have no idea about how to dive off the side or or what to do. So (laughs) we're we're, we're reaching the the point of no return. We're reaching the point where it's like if we have not jumped off the, the rails by a certain point, then no amount of jumping off the rails is going to stop us from getting hit by that train. It's just too close. Um, so I don't know if we've reached that already, but I feel like if this rhythm and hues thing comes and goes, like every, everything else has come and gone, then once that's gone, there's nothing left but to wait to watch it burn. Uh, well, I mean, that's
0: honestly. why I wonder, uh, and, and, you know, and this was something that we talked about right at the outset. That's why I wonder if the best thing that could possibly happen for this overall conversation is if pie wins for visual effects not just because maybe one of the guys from rhythm and Hughes will stand up and say something pithy to the oscar crowd <laughs> Boy, that's not that my, point. my point my point is more <laughs> that, that that builds for a perfect like new york times or huff <laughs> moment that they can do a, a, a write-up about the company that just produced these visual effects and won the oscar for it went out of business because they can't
3: afford to compete yeah but, yeah, the but the public, so it doesn't matter if the public yeah. knows about it. it's not like going to be a march on washington to say well, yeah, i know yeah. but i'm yeah. saying yeah. that HuffPo, it feels
0: like it's closer to being something that the public would Go for it, then hey you know cafe effects what is the well, public
1: got to do with it it's like yeah. the you know the, if if they write up a, a HuffPo article and 5 million people yeah, read well, it those 5 million up. people are going to go oh that sucks and move on with their day right. yeah it's yeah, right. the same at, way at, like
3: at you the know Kodak went right. out of business isn't that a shame to do yeah, yeah it's... At,
1: at the beginning sure but <coughs> the,
2: the public being aware if this really does blow up and burn to the ground and everything then it will ultimately end up affecting the studio's ability to release those kinds of movies and at that point it will be vital for the public to have an understanding and an awareness of the situation. Like, wait, how come I'm not getting Transformers Five? Oh, oh, hold on, I see, but that I, doesn't I, get I'm, us anywhere. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's already it's already over at that point.
2: Well, then it becomes an issue of what exactly is going to get built in its place. Is the audience demanding Transformers Five, or are they accepting Transformers?
3: Yeah, 5? they're, they're eating Transformers Five because that's what's McDonald's. Right. Is. Well, I, so I, think, McDonald's. I
2: think Transformers I think it, Five is placeholder I mean, replace it with whatever you want: Dark Knight Seven, Star Trek. Well,
3: yeah, but again, 13. it's like I just I just can't figure. I mean. I just can't see a person who's not in the industry getting worked up about this topic.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: right, yeah. I just, you know, it just doesn't like we would about any other industry. It's like, you know, they've uh, pr- pretty much eliminated the uh, the entire the hot dog vendors of New York City. Oh, what a shame for them. Right. I should tweet about that. or Well, something, if, I and when it, I mean,
2: if and when it really begins to affect the studio's ability to to create tentpoles or those well, style blockbusters.
3: And it's the studios that have to make the change because it's not, again, people aren't going to march on Washington to save the right. visual effects industry. It's the studios have to be impacted. Right now, the studios are like, oh, Whitman Hughes, huge been out of business. <laughs> Normally, that's okay. Again, the new wrinkle here is like, wait, they didn't finish our movie yet. That's new. Right. <laughs> Hold up. Right. Now we're in a bit of a scramble because now now that that's impacting them. That's actually hurting them. That's actually nothing. None of this other other shit has ever hurt the studios. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's defaulted on a big show. It's like, oh, you burned out your artists and then you went out of business. That's a shame. I'll see you at the Oscar party. You know, that's the studios aren't being hurt yet. This the fact right. that the fact that a project or a couple of projects are now in jeopardy as far as getting their visual effects done in time for release. The public doesn't give a shit, but the studios do. Um, but that's maybe a one-time thing. Like, like Mike said, it's like, well, but they'll throw more money at it and, you know, and, and some, some people will get fired and they go, well, we'll just never go back to that company again. You know, I'm going to go with that Chinese company from now on. That's it. They never default until, you know, until, until the next crisis. Um, like I said, I, I don't think there's no incentive for the studios to change. Right. They're, they're getting, they're getting their great product for the cheapest possible dollar. That's what businesses do. I yeah, mean They're winning. That's, they're no. doing just fine. Winning. Uh, yes. Winning tiger blood. So that was a fun week. It was uh, not yeah. for him. Yeah. Good times. So, so like I said, I, I, I think the only way to push back, you know, you have to hurt the studios. You have to, you have to somehow pry more money out of the studios to get a fair market price for the work that's being done. So companies can stay afloat and they can, you know, God forbid, they can actually even beyond that. Right now we're talking about companies can't even survive, forget pay overtime to employees. Right. They they can't have employees because they won't exist anymore is the, is the situation right now. So it's like they, they need to start leveraging it back in the other direction. And I, I, I seems like the studios, you know, until you hurt them there's no incentive for them to change. So if there's a way for visual effects companies to go, you know, to link arms and say, look, no one's going to make your crappy transformers movie for less than, you know, then we can stay in business for no more life of pie for you. Right. Until you pay, you know, so yeah, it doesn't put us out of business. and I Because we can't eat this fucking Oscar. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. But my kids can't eat this Oscar. Cooking up
4: our BAs. I, you yeah. know, I, I I I
0: tend to be a happy-go-lucky person, but I can't be blindly optimistic in the face of all this. Because I, I really don't see any situation wherein it gets better. Uh, I, yeah. I I I think it is going to continue to be the slow-motion Inception truck flipping over until it lands. And then, all right, well. We'll have to get out of this right a this truck and find a new one. Wheels. Yeah, exactly. I
3: mean, it's, it, well, that's that's the other way to hurt the studios. If 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 they kill all if the they, major companies, if they make visual effects extinct, and they're screwed. We, and which will which will and the market will correct back the other direction. I mean, we need to kill off. That's another way of doing it. It's like we need to kill off a couple more big dinosaurs. We need to get rid of them and Hughes. We need to let's uh, maybe get rid of Dean Egg or, or somebody, you know, another major player. And then it becomes a seller's market once again for visual effects. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you need someone to do Transformers movie. Well, I only see three houses in the entire world yeah. that can handle a Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Let's deal.
4: And in the meantime, the summer blockbusters will be Rachel Gets Married 2, Amor yeah. too, And I know. don't see any problem with I, that.
3: I, I, I don't okay know about
2: Amor too but yeah oh,
3: okay. you know that. what i'm saying
2: but a couple, okay a couple with summers without a transformers movie yeah
3: there wasn't there was a could you imagine though i mean a crazy mid-core if, well, if, could,
2: if, you, could you imagine a situation which say something like that yeah. happens at least you know not every but a couple they more big just houses wiped out. out
3: all the visual effects houses.
2: but now you know now disney does own star wars and marvel and along with ilm, ILM. And ILM i guess and so I don't disney know, I would be yeah well, yeah ilm was part of that deal uh but now you have a situation where it really is just Disney cranking out Star Wars and Avengers movies, and pretty much yeah. nobody else on the block. <laughs> I would
4: love it yeah. if like the Could Marvel movies like that um, I would love it the Marvel movies that come out after the Visual Effects Industries Dead is like all the shitty like uh, uh, Avengers Midwest, you know? Like I mean, it's like like all of <laughs> yeah. the really crappy, really crappy superheroes <laughs> are the ones coming out. I mean, I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be bad to begin with, but fucking hell, there's just Dark Hawk the movie, you know? I would
2: love to see the Disney spokesman get up. At a podium for a press conference or whatever, go, what else are you going to go see? You got nothing. <laughs> yeah. and we know it. The Adventures of Stilt Man. Yeah. zellweger Zellweger's
3: stilts. got a new movie out. Wow. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good luck with that, you guys. <laughs> I'll see you later. That'd be interesting. If, like, if... if yeah, if Disney becomes the only company in the tentpole business. It'll
2: be like demolition <laughs> they, man. Oh, it's just weird. Taco Bell. If they,
3: if they kill which is that might be good. <laughs> it's like, you want go see this like time. like you know, in the 30s you go, "Let's go see the MGM." You know, you're talking about a big blockbuster right. musical. You know, you're talking about, "Let's go see the Universal movie." You're talking about a horror movie. You just go to the Warner Brothers movie. You're talking about a gangster movie. It's if Disney was just they're the shitty tentpole blockbuster people. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Paramount Paramount does comedies comedies you know paramount does comedies you know universal, does universal historical does movies universal does like thrillers and and action movies what does disney do F- big star wars <laughs> all the you know and pixar
1: it, funny funny point of interest the um um would just be, a random all- i wouldn't, to the side I wouldn't thing. necessarily hate that in the in cloud atlas the book there was uh there's the neo soul section where they made they, a book out all, of that yeah they're all kind of yeah. di- they, every every area has their own kind of dialect and stuff like that and um the neo soul the future Korea stuff was is a, a corpocracy. It's a world that's run by corporations basically. Um, and one of the things about the language the way the language has evolved is you know we have we call tissues kleenex just as a generic right, thing and xerox right. and stuff Cotton like that Febreze. every everything has but but it's like half the language is that now just because of how much corporations have taken over so every movie is referred to as a disney ah, and, and oh interesting, interesting. cloud nice. atlas but i just thought that was a music yeah, but it's
4: not, 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 not necessarily,
3: necessarily. <laughs> that's not for impossible it, it is kind you of worse of disney though, like,
4: we we have we're living in sort of I understand the the sands are shifting much slower when it comes to the distribution model, but I mean we are all hyped on House of Cards and you know we don't know how much money it's making, but I mean and I just rewatched Primer last night again, and I guess maybe this is in my head, but I I think if. We have something closer to a distribution model that is, oh, dude. More direct. Saying,
0: if we had a time machine, we could, fix the stock market <laughs> we could go
4: back in times and assassinate the one dude who you're talking about distribution crazy. models. Yeah, but no. If we, if we if the distribution model changes enough to where it supports smaller, effects-heavy movies like Monsters or like Primer, and and where it's just smart, intelligent, good story, quickly accessible, maybe that's the strength. Well, that, well the yeah, distribution
3: model already supports those. Right. It's just saying, Disney, Disney can't live on making them. Right. I'm saying
4: if we get the other, I'm saying if one of those is like the huge breakout. That's where that's what everybody's watching, and that's where the that's where the puck is going. Well, as the, it were. yeah, but that's not going to be a
3: trend. That's no, be I know. I'm rumours. just
4: saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking about like if the possibility of that. But we are talking about you know the loss
1: of you know if these if if things continue to kind of fall apart, you know the idea of the loss of the blockbuster and stuff like that. Um, that doesn't mean the loss of visual effects, visual effects movies. Yeah, that sounds cool. like a great uh, book. The by industry. the way, someone write I'm, that in up yeah. on the Daily Show. I mean the the f- you know if if um if the industry were to collapse today. Okay, there's not going to be another Star Trek movie. There's not going to be another Transformers movie. Um, there's not going to be another on. Star Wars movie. Yeah, there's go not going to be another Star Wars movie. But, fat Fat like, we in this room, if we could get half a million bucks together, we could make a pretty cool movie, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. with effects and exactly. stuff. Yeah. And, you and, know, and, then, but, and that's what's going to, I think that's what's going to happen. People are going to um, or that that may be what happens. People are going to, you know, they make small but small low budget movies, and they will collect a visual effects crew the same way that you do. You know, you just it's kind of scale up. You got, got to six people to doing. Your it's stuff almost like
3: what down. was that guy's name? Harryhausen used to yeah. make movies. Hmm. But uh, again, it's this whole idea of having a, a thing called a visual effects company is still a brand new thing, which they may not have that much life to it. You know, the fact that there's an independent <laughs> exterior company outside the walls of the studio that just does visual effects for movies. It's kind of a crazy idea and and may not be a viable one in the long run. You know, right, that,
4: because editors don't work that way. Like, yeah, we're, we're it's hired, a, or we're the hired the by the production designer. Production it's it's yeah. an
3: idea yeah. that, you know, well, George, Crazy George show. Lucas did it because he had those movies he had to make. And that wasn't right. a company. That was just a team of some dudes yeah. who could all
2: figure it out. Who and thought that's because that he was a, only who,
1: doing, like, five of them a year.
3: Who thought that was a viable business model? Well, yeah. it may not be <laughs> It's the way that, that things have may be right now. I
1: mean, Scott Squire is one of his other articles that he wrote. He was talking about... There is nothing stopping a studio from setting up. You know, they they have the the buildings where their production. You know, yeah. there their art art directors or, or you know the, the art team and all that the art department There, that's the word I'm that's what they um, they have the Good art pull, department Mike. building and stuff like that there is nothing stopping them from setting up a building having like an IT department setting up a bunch of infrastructure and just they when they're making a big movie they yeah. hire a bunch of artists they well, come in the workstations are there and Someone that's how they used there. to do, it. To it. do and it studios and the,
3: used to have in-house yeah. effects departments in-house writers isn't that how a large else?
0: part of the trailer industry works now like Universal has an in in studio trailer department? No, they're a trailer company. I mean, I know there some, are. I know there, there are trailer independent companies. trailer companies, but I,
3: I, I think I know
0: guys that studios works-
3: have had marketing departments that did trailers pretty much from day one. But as like, long as they have in-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But for like you know the purposes of of that kind of an example, isn't that how it at least kind of works in the trailer industry? I, I, I think it is.
2: I I feel like I've know a lot more trailers that are built that are, by independent trailer right, companies yeah, yeah. than by the studios yeah, themselves. Enough. Yeah, but I mean, going back to what you guys were saying, that's basically what. Asylum does is they do they bring yeah. as much in in house as they can. Oh,
1: I was feeling so good. Yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: as we've talked, talked about before, Asylum yeah. does a lot of stuff really stupidly, but it does some things
3: really yeah. Intelligently. There's nothing wrong with their business model clearly yeah. because they've been doing it successfully for and, and for more their than business decades. model is
2: based off of like you say, Harryhausen and Roger Corman, and it's like that's yeah. a fun a fundamentally sound approach to the business of making movies. You know, so
3: the you know the the argument against is is you know it's to build. Infrastructure from the ground up is always a big thing to get a company going, but it's not unheard of to, to not have a visual effects company. You know, it's like we, we're putting together a movie. We need visual effects. <laughs> we get, you know, if it's not Transformers, it doesn't make sense to a la carte, a Transformers oh, yeah. movie. But, but... I you mean, know, well, That's how it worked on Apocalypse California. Chad made a movie and he
0: knew yeah. me and he knew Ryan and he knew Matt uh, and he's like, can you guys work on this? And we're like, are you going to pay us? And he's like, no. And we're like, you're lucky we like you, bitch. <laughs> and yeah. we, we hold up in my garage like a land party for a couple of weekends and we just turned out some shots for him. It's not like, I mean, we called ourselves the Cock Polyps Visual Effects Company because that was funny. <laughs> Apocalypse. Nice. Anyway, but it, it was just a little team, got together to make the movie and then dispersed. I don't know exactly how well that model would work if it was a paid gig well, and
3: like yeah. really Ideally there's but, money and yeah but the the issue the missing issue is is to even do a big blockbuster i you know that's building that infrastructure and getting all those computers and wiring them all together and then maintaining them because as soon as you buy a computer it's obsolete right which is why anyone who decided to start a visual effects facility is an idiot um because that's a terrible business my business idea of you're you're obsolete the instant you buy something it's obsolete (laughs) you have to keep replacing it software and everything else um if there was if there was you know, a viable way to do that, where if a studio could literally go, here's, this is our visual effects building. It's full of, it's full of network cables and, and drops to drops and computer stations and all that dinosaur kind of stuff. Embryos. We've invested on the yeah, dinosaur embryos and, and we literally will we get a visual effects supervisor. We have our core team who work for us, you know, cause, cause productions have a visual effects person, you know, a visual effects liaison or a supervisor or whatever, who works for the studio, not the company who then interfaces with the company. It's like, you literally could like, Hey, all you people who are out of work it's we're doing a movie come you sit here and do roto i mean i think i wonder if the because visual effects has always been such a we're making it up as we go along i wonder if there's enough standardization now in the software development and the hardware development and the process development is at the point where you literally could start to look more of like an assembly line kind of a process
1: i i think so because because a lot of this a lot of the stuff that's going on technologically because because it's becoming so dispersed, because it's becoming a thing where uh, the movies are getting so big that even the big companies can't do it themselves. And DNEG has to work with DD and, R- you know, Rhythm yeah. and Hughes and all that stuff. So they've had to create standardization so they can pass stuff back and forth. And they've got Alembic and they've got EXR and they've got all this other stuff that, that is basically there. So uh, – and and there are – proprietary tools still exist but it's still primarily it's becoming primarily you comp and nuke and you you know yeah. right. you do it and in, most of those in,
0: proprietary things are running just scripts in maya it's yeah. not like they're creating new software for most of the things yeah, yeah.
1: precisely i mean it, it's it's like we were you uh we were talking about before um uh you know with with the editing and stuff like that it actually is very similar to that in the sense where you know you you wouldn't have you couldn't have a movieola before. Like you had to, mm-hmm. you had to ha- have access to that and stuff like that. And someone had to. We're all typesetters,
0: um, man. I swear you, to you. You
1: had to, you had to know how to use it, and someone had to pay for it and stuff like that. Used to be that you, you know someone had to pay. A hundred grand or half a million bucks for for a flame or an inferno or something, and it would sit in a bay, and someone had to know how the hell oh, to yeah. use that. Yeah. Whereas now you can get nuke, I and mean, you can get After Effects at home. Yeah. I mean, nuke is kind of expensive, sure. but the, I mean, you can certainly you can get After best effects, buy
3: and so buy the computer that'll run it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not and, like Bill Gates so, learned how to code on a
0: Windows PC. Yeah, he learned right. how to code on a giant machine that his school had.
1: Yeah, so so now there's. It's getting to the point where there's very little stopping the ability of artists and studios going. Okay, you know, you were working at Warner Brothers last week. This week, come over and work at Paramount. So the only only trade-off is when you go to a
3: visual effects company, there's there's an existing infrastructure, an existing hierarchy and bureaucracy, and a and a and a and a group knowledge, you know, an institutional knowledge where you cultural memory exactly where you can go to the company and go, hey, so you did that movie with the the talking dogs, and we've got a talking cat movie. You seem like you're probably our guy. I think. Oh, we totally know how to do that. Boom! There you go. As opposed to literally staffing up from zero on a project, but it's not unheard of, and it's not like people haven't done it before and and uh, aren't aren't even aren't doing it now.
1: And and you know, you know the the uh, al- analogy, the analogous situation would be, you know, if you're do if you're doing a. You're, we're doing a period piece. We're going to find the guy who did the period
4: piece for Paramount last yeah. year. You know, you did really a, great set customing. extensions yeah. of old cities. So you,
3: the only thing, you'd have to trade. Well,
4: that's, that's how I get hired. People, exactly. look, yeah. people look at my, I'm actually redoing my yeah. resume now, whereas I used to just list my credits. Now I'm literally creating paragraphs like, competition reality and i'll list all the shows i do and then after i'll do uh you know docudrama right. and then i'll list all those because that's what they want to see they don't like I, it's in the invisible art i can't just make a reel you know what i mean i can but that doesn't mean anything what i can say is like i did seven shows like the one you're doing you're hired mm-hmm. like that's i mean that's my last five jobs have gotten hired yeah. though
3: but the, so the, tr- but the trick is well, i'm talking about a big show because we're talking about because the boutiques can still handle the small shows oh we need some wire removal yeah you know 100 companies in the valley can do that um but you're talking about if you want to do a transformers level movie without going to an established visual effects company, you, you know, your trade off is going to be your, are you're, you're going to have to add an account for some ramp up time. Cause you can't just literally have a bunch of freelancers come and sit in a room and go, okay, everyone transformers go, you know, you have, you're going to have to still use lots of orange. Yeah. You're going to have to still, there's going to be orientation and building your pipeline and building your methodology and all that kind of stuff. Now, now maybe that gets simpler over time too. But then you're at the point where, well, we really kind of were just a visual effects facility again. You know, now we're now we're owned by the studio, which would make sense. I I wonder if the studios are are if that's the thing that's being considered. If the studios, if that's if that's a reaction that might happen, I probably not. They probably have all the good reasons not to do it. But for a studio, you go fuck it. Let's go back to in house. We'll do exactly that, but just go look instead of dealing with these shyster fly-by-night crazy people let's have it do in-house
2: i would love to see a major studio go back to like the 50s and 40s and have an in-house effects like, department an in-house effects department and honestly like pie in the which sky which they I don't
3: think. because it costs too much and that's why they they prefer to wreck other companies <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so i don't think they're gonna go that route well i wonder but it costs too much would, to maintain I, all that
2: i would love to see just somebody experiments do that but with every aspect uh, and
1: go back to the way it well, was the unions are stopping that though yeah. you can't you can't just have in-house writers who write i mean i suppose you could but it's well you have expensive. writers and directors and everybody who have
2: you know offices on the lots which right. i mean is but you, but but you that's, don't that's you, but no, you, you don't have thing. the situation
1: where you have a 40 hour a, a week writer. job yeah. where you are the writer and yeah. you're going to write a movie for us. And when you're done with that movie, we're going to see what's available, and then you're going to write that other movie right. instead. You know, and just well, you're right. You the could, there's nothing stopping them budget. from
3: doing that. That's 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 not any different from being on TV series. Um, I guess so. Yeah, you could you could totally do that. But the again the reason they, the reason studios stopped doing that is because it cost too much to maintain. You know all that. You know maintain a prop department and maintain a you know in-house official. They 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 got short on money in the 70s when the movie industry died, and and they said oh, we got to divest of all that. We can't, we can't afford a back lot anymore. Uh, get rid of all that stuff. But they they divested of all their in-house, a lot of their in-house. Some some studios still do have a prop department and a wardrobe department because they have so much. Those, those are things that they've invested in and now they're just warehousing them mostly. Yeah. And then you have a couple of guys there with some tools who can whip up some new stuff if you need it. But an in-house editing department and an in-house visual effects department you know it was it was for all these reasons you have to maintain it you have to continually upgrade you have to do all that and they said yeah we'll just we'll just get freelancers and farm it out to whoever's dumb enough to start a company on the outside to do that kind of stuff
2: right what is what is called in business the externalities is it's it's yeah. it's it's basically getting the costs off of your balance sheet even if in reality you're still paying them because you're still part of the same economy right
3: so but you're not paying the overhead when you're not making a movie. That's the important part.
2: Yeah. It? I mean, maybe it wouldn't work, but I i don't know. I feel like... <laughs> if somebody gave that a shot and did it intelligently it would be cheap
3: well now the, the, the thing that might be make it worth thinking about is the fact the industry has changed because you can go oh we got this whole visual effects department and you know what did we make last year we made logan's run and that was it you know now right. it's like well now it, every who doesn't need a standing visual effects department now I guess right you know,
1: yeah you're making so. you, you made the joke about the renee zellweger movie that's got green screen in it I guarantee you <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A, there's still sky replacement in that. yeah so and set extension probably yeah mm, probably, and there. and you know they shot in they they shot on the lake of vancouver but they need michigan in the <laughs> yeah. background and, and, a, tiger. Need, yeah. and just, a tiger and a tiger yeah
0: this, this is maybe just a basic economical question that i'm not qualified to know the answer for so i'll ask it seems like if the if the configuration of the industry now is such that they're still making big tentpole movies they love to and they're not going to stop anytime soon cuz it's still working if they can make more they would and we have too many artists For the visual effects industry that exists, it feels like the studio side of this system should amp up and just make more because there's more people to have working on those things. Like as opposed to limiting the number of blockbusters, if they could find the money to make more Avengers movies. can only
3: they can could only theoretically be number. able to staff out the entire But they city. can only make a certain number of blockbusters. Not only that, you can only release a certain number yeah, of Yeah, that's blockbusters. that's the issue. It's, like, it's like we'd like to release a blockbuster every week. They're not set up to do that. You can't you can't market a blockbuster every week.
1: And you can and and if you release If you are, if you, one company, you know, uh, Disney is not going to release Avengers 3 one week and episode 8 the next week. They're not going to cannibalize from themselves like that. So they need to spread things out. Universal is looking at Disney slate going, all right, we need to spread things out. We don't want to go up. We don't want to open the same week as Avengers. Good good,
0: good point. What about... NBC Universal Television. but if NBC stocks up their you know Thursday night roster with these big expensive effects shows that does no. the same thing? Hey, I was people talking people are about. watching. Yeah, but, but what it's I mean a, it's is a, it's, a a the cost. It's, it's a different audience.
4: It's a different yeah. There's yeah. no cost associated with watching TV, whereas like for some households, it's like we can only afford to go to the movies once a month. So if we're gonna do that, we're competing for those. And, and also this, this, the the as someone who has to hire a sitter a, now, my God, let me yeah, tell it's you. It's, a <laughs> it's a whole
3: different business model. I mean, when you make a tentpole, you're yeah. going this is gonna be the biggest movie ever. This is gonna be the. Biggest fucking thing ever. Everyone and their mother's going to see it. They're going to see it 10 times. And then they're either right or they're wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Television is a much more, you know, we know pretty much, t- television, they know if nobody watches, we know how many people that is. It's like this. There's the lowest-rated show in the in the history of the world, and they know how many people that is. It's like there there are literally shows that the ratings consist of the TV's being left on in someone's house. But that's oh, yeah, work on that show exactly. Which is why but which the, is
4: why like television is, is a lot more freeing for a lot of you know especially people who who are creators because yeah. three million people going to go see a movie that's not that good. Three million people watching a TV show that's pretty good. Like, yeah, exactly, that's, but know, and that's...
3: but and but so the margins are smaller, but it's it's a little more stable. I mean, as unstable as television is, it's like well, if the show does reasonably well. We know the return is going to be about this. If a show does really, really well, the return is going to be about this. It doesn't have the sky's the limit potential. Maybe it'll be a, two th- billion that dollars. a movie does. Yeah, you know, this movie TV. could make it could conceivably make two billion dollars. There's nothing stopping this movie from making two billion dollars if that many people love it that hard. Well, a television show doesn't have that yeah. That's that far end of the spectrum right. available to it.
0: Yeah, if they so, could make every show the Super Bowl, they probably
3: would, but they yeah, can't. But you can't. Yeah, if you had the Super Bowl every weekend, people would go. I'm tired of watching those right. things. So I was in so, a Super Bowl way before yeah, this. There, there is a there is a size just like there's a size. You know, it's like it's like oh, we got more auto workers. We should make more cars. Ho ho ho. How many cars are we selling? That's the important right, question. Right, right. Which is what the so, housing bubble was. Like, oh, yeah. we're building so we're building many houses. houses. Like, you can't believe. Stop. Yeah. yeah. Right. There have
4: been, been a couple of interesting things in China. One person said, what if you gave Asylum a $100 million budget? And I wanted to reply, <laughs> I wanted to reply you get 1,000 movies. You get 1,000 <laughs> movies. You yeah. get 1,000 movies because they all budget. Because that's in their business model to do so. No, you get, you get G.I. Joe and Battleship. Yeah. Well. Right. Right. Battleship. The, the, one, the one that was kind of interesting is like, I think asked it, was like, how close is this to the animator crisis of about 30, 40 years ago, like when the animators went through their thing, how similar is it to that? I don't, Honestly, anything I don't know. know. anything. a great question. I don't know. I haven't know seen anyone that. compare it. So but that's, I, I mean, but that, that, that is interesting because the flip side to the flip side to like before, if you were a television editor, that meant you worked on regular television shows. But when this whole reality stuff kind of came about, that's when the, the, opening shredders blew wide open and it was right around the same time that nonlinear editing became a thing. And right. as a flip side to what we we're talking about earlier with everybody learning all this other stuff, there's a whole generation of amazing editors who were completely computer illiterate that just basically said, I'm out. And that forced, I'm going to go make cur- boats that forced the current generation or the current generation of, of talented editors completely out that sort of, Opened up the vacuum for assholes like me to come aboard and and, right. and work. So I wonder, sadly, if like that, if that's what's going to happen. Are we going to get a bunch of nineteen-year-olds who know Photoshop really well, or know After Effects really well?
3: well we already do. Yes. More specifically, I, I guess I I I the industry
4: happen, becomes that. something that someone does out of college for like five years, but then leaves and then becomes. But you know what? They do it on the side while they're studying for
3: their engineering degree. Like <laughs> it's like, I, like being prostitute. Well, oh, that was years ago when I was young. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I used like, to do yeah. visual. When effects I was for young and learning. pretty, I did some comp. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not ashamed. I didn't long I didn't wrote I'll stand up. Admitted, I didn't yeah. Roto, but I got out. Transformers 5 led me to the man I am now. You I, know, like, I, I wouldn't I be know. who I am without that Roto experience.
0: <laughs> well, this has been delightful. Um, Welcome so, to the
3: March of Time, ladies and gentlemen. If you
0: were wondering what's going on with the VFX industry, that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And if you ask me, you know, resident naval gazing idiot, I don't see it getting any better until it gets way worse. And even then maybe we just acclimate to way worse. Um, I mean, basically the full eventuality of this, if you, if you extend it all the way to the end is that it becomes even more every man for himself than it currently is. And the problem is a lot of visual effects artists have had that exact philosophy this whole time. So that makes them almost more excited to be like yeah fucking let's do this come on i know i can do this <laughs> I, I keep exactly yeah. i keep getting jobs fuck you i can do this you know my reels is good and i'm willing to work for at least twenty dollars a week and someone said
3: that i saw a blog post do, yeah comment you see that comment the on guy effect soldier yeah yeah there's a guy but a comments like i've always done fine and i want the rest of you motherfuckers to get out of the business because then it's going to be even easier for me to get a job and yeah
1: it'll be easier for you to get a job for the five bucks an hour they're willing to pay you anymore
3: yeah at that point point. and he wasn't wrong he a lot of people were like yeah indignant response but
0: <laughs> and if nothing else that does represent a legitimate opinion from yeah. this particular population of people it, like, it's yeah. Stupid, but, it, but it's a yeah. real opinion that's not yeah. a that's not an invalid <laughs> opinion that's something that a lot of people do have Oh well, that's fun. Anyway, so that's yeah. what's going on with the VFX unions, and how do we? I mean, do we, do we feel sad for Rhythm and Hughes? Do they? Or do we think they're? a victim? Do, we, do we want to pour one out for them? Like I said, they're
3: not a they're they're not an evil company. I don't know, but you know, Digital Domain apparently had an evil overboard honcho, you know. but uh, Rhythm and Hughes is still. You know, family owned and operated by by John Hughes and, and so you know, is Walmart. his name's on the building. Yeah, exactly. But the but Rhythm and Hughes isn't this big. no I know uh, I was, they're not big enough to be that evil. I don't even
4: know what oh, my. So point I thought was. it's was Hughes like color Hughes. What it is, but it's oh, it's started it's by a guy named a John Hughes. Okay, <laughs> All right. so
3: um and, and Pauline So classic been, pun exactly delicious. What am I going to call my my can't possibly succeed computer graphics company in you know nineteen one that have been nineteen seventy? They should just get the 1970s. people who name acapella groups to start an individual effects exactly. company. You know. This the rhythm and hues is like, again, they, they, you know, the meteor landed. They were doing fine out on the belt, but the meteor landed and the atmosphere changed. And right. they tried to, you know, they tried to do things and they needed jobs. And they did. I, who, I went, do we know the books on Life of Pi? They might have lost $10 million making Life of Pi. You know, the, right. who knows? Also, I believe, were they not in the middle of trying to get their own project? In, in in happening, I haven't heard that. I I, I there, haven't heard there was there was one like, I was reading about end was there was some company that Scanline maybe, yeah some other some company was like you know because they look at Pixar and they go well Pixar well Pixar generates their own content they you know they're not they're not work for hire you don't hire Pixar to do a movie right. Pixar isn't is, is self contained you know Pixar doesn't take on you know other people's laundry they make their own movies and so all the big visual effects companies Sony made the jump successfully it was one of them to to saying we should make our own stuff. Then we don't have to deal with these lousy studios. ILM tried. Exactly. And, and the least, Rango, right? Yeah. Yeah. And at least one company ate it because they were pouring all this money into trying to create a project of their own. And then the bubble burst. Yeah. And the music stopped playing. Yeah. And they were like, now, you know, now we've got this thing that we didn't even, couldn't even finish. Oops. You're fired. I thought maybe that was Rhythm and Hughes, but it might have been another company. But uh, you know, yeah, it's, well, again, they're they're trying, you know, they're trying to get out from under. But there's a huge capitalization issue that. Like we're going to make our own project. Well, that means we have to come up with a hundred grand, a hundred million, just to do that. You know, so we're going to have to keep doing jobs on the side. Or where do you get that money from? Yeah. So so yeah, I don't. I'm not thrilled about you know Rhythm and Hues, especially. Um, in a way, I'd be you know I might be more thrilled if a other companies like ah screw those guys, but rhythm and hues has always seemed like from what everything I know, good American people, you know, good folks, yeah, and just you know, okay, got well, in trouble.
0: poor went out for rhythm and hues, and let's hope to God that you know the next nine companies that are next aren't next. And uh, until next week,
3: hopefully, I can find a job. <laughs> this has been down in front. Yeah, Shall hang <laughs> together? Or yeah. it's, to it's, again, it's like well, I know you know. Is it was it ever your dream to do? Because like I said, I, the biggest company I worked for, for st- it was the worst job I ever had. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you've never had a job like that. Do you want a job like that? No. Do you want to sit on an assembly line and and tick a box all day long? No. All I right, mean, then, then I, you don't care if Rhythm and & Hughes and all those companies. No, die. I know I don't.
0: Um, but I feel like that's too self-centered to say out loud because <laughs> all, I, all, all I want to say is I I haven't thought I was going to be a career visual effects at any point in this. Yeah. So basically, the question for me is just am I going to still have a job when I eventually leave? Um, because I have, you know, if my girlfriend ends up having to move there's, to Edinburgh, they're for still making program. commercials
3: and they're still making thousands of hours of crap television every week. As long as you stay at the boutique level, yeah. there's, there's, there's plenty of plenty of jobs to be had.
0: But that being said, I'm not about to start a visual effects company for myself.
3: No, yeah. my I, God, don't do that.
1: I do uh, for me. Like I'm, I'm looking at finding ways to get Cause it was never my goal to be in this for a career, either. I wanted to make movies, and then I got. You wanted to have a boat tour company, didn't you? <laughs> I wanted to well, fishing charters. Ducks- fishing
3: charters, I thought it was. What
1: is it with you the and class boats? Bottom boat fishing the, as the option, boats
3: are nice. But, they are. I'm, I'm a big fan. The um,
1: I, I hadn't considered it until recently myself. So I, d- I definitely. I don't. I don't want. I don't want this to happen. Not necessarily so much for me specifically as visual effects artist, but it's like I would like to someday make a blockbuster, and I would like that infrastructure to exist so <laughs> that I can do that. Okay, that's 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 the issue for me. That's why I would fight for the visual effects industry because it's like that's it's one those day I might of, need them. Those are the kinds of movies that I love to watch. I don't want them to go away for that reason. Not I mean not all of them, obviously, but but certainly of District Nine a and number stuff, of, yeah. Lord of the Rings, and and. You know, those are the kinds of movies that I would love to have the opportunity to make. And and I would I would like to not see this all if like I said, if this does all have to burn back to the ground, I hope it builds back up again. That's that's where I'm coming
0: Brian, from. Brian, is your whole thing at this point just kind of like hands in your pockets like dodged the bullet?
2: <laughs> no, not really, because I think the rest of the industry is if not, you know, at this point. You know, crisis moments in a very similar situation and or has been or has you know, th- yeah th- i mean it's, all, up, it's yeah. all nebulous and it's all connected yeah. and it's all a, a giant crash in slow motion so i mean i think we're all like either like i just said either we hang together or we hang apart it's mm-hmm. it's all one thing and you know what fuck the whole goddamn thing <laughs> You kind of want to make votes now, don't you? You Honestly, I'll I'll be completely honest. I've been thinking about getting out of the movie business for a little while now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Getting into something safe like politics. Because there's always an election around the corner. There's always work at the post
3: office.
0: Anyway,
2: so. (laughs) About on Saturdays. This has been Down in
0: Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook, Down in Front Show. And by the way, really do follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook because we announce shit like when and where the live shows are happening. They're at downinfront.net slash live. But the live show and the uh, uh, the, the Facebook and the Twitter will tell you when and where uh, and what movies we're doing and all that stuff. And you can get in the chat room and uh, participate in the conversation as it's happening. Uh, Join the forum. It's a great community people you definitely want to do that and uh, buy our shirts Give us some money on PayPal. Uh, Holden Hill Design. and maintain the website until next week. My name is T. Christie. Brian Finnefer Scott. Trey Stokes. Eddie Doty. Yeah, and this has been down in front. You can. Uh, God damn it. Good night. Good night. So I was about to end up in this, this he, song he that never ends thing. <laughs> Feedback loop. This been like, thank you much for listening. This has
2: been down in front. You can always play yeah.
0: I'm doing it again. <laughs> ah, it's the third time through.
2: This is the outro that never ends. <laughs> we should do that. You should I thought I was the one who watched Primer last night. You should do that
3: at some point. Just do it and see. Like just, we'll do it. We'll just like pre-agree it before it will, the episode. It it that you you guys want Different people each time. Yeah, and just it's like keep ten
4: minutes of Joffrey's Baratheon being slapped. Yeah. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now that's good TV and no visual effects required. So. <laughs>